to Diamnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. And I'm your other host, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. Are you ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. The final countdown. Every every time of these like episode titles, song stuck in my head, and it's your fault, Neil. Well, the best thing is because I do kind of go back and do a little bit of research for these just to make sure, like, kind of where's the forums mm-hmm. and got to mm-hmm. check the audio, make sure I can find it. Um, I wrote basically four years ago. Admittedly, the title is mostly because I couldn't stop thinking about the song once I started thinking <laughs> about the idea. Didn't have anything well, else. There you go. Um, and now four years later, you got us. Definitely. <laughs> you got us past Neil. <laughs> and while there is all that hilarity, this one is really straightforward. I am a big fan of literally one line asking, what are the final moments of this character in the image below? Um, and it was just people taking and making the classic. Then a picture is worth a thousand words. And so there's just these epic scenes that I found posted on the forums. And it's people describing the final moments of some characters. And the forums for this one are so, so. Ooh, such drama. Such tragedy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's definitely, definitely... It gives a lot to work off of if you were having a player step out uh, mm-hmm. it, like they couldn't be in the campaign anymore and trying to figure out how exit would be a yeah, meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, oh, my gosh. OK, well, let's dive in. I'm ready to cry, I guess. So, yes, we will head to the exercise already in progress. Well, I think that's smashing. Didn't do. And that is as much as we're allowed to sing for copyright reasons. Yep, but if you want to go to the forums, I linked the whole YouTube video so you can check oh, that and out. Oh, such a good YouTube video. Yes. None of it makes sense. <laughs> no, and that one is tied back to episode 50, Writer's End, a Shemesh epilogue. And as you can imagine, the guests, the plural, guests for that were Mitch's players. Say that six times fast. Yeah, there was a lot going on. So if you don't remember that episode, it was the one where they talked about the epilogue for Mitch's campaign before he started his new one. So a lot of that revolved around the last tales of his players. So the idea I had, and affectionately titled The Final Countdown, was to find some images on the old interwebs and... Well, find images specifically of what would appear to be people's final moments in a fantasy setting. So basically, you're now on some sort of list because you type the words fantasy, murder, and a couple of other key phrases into Google search engine. Oh, yeah. Well, I was probably already on that (laughs) list, but probably on a lot of lists now anymore. So we have a couple of them that we wanted to highlight. This might be... I feel like we've done something kind of like this before, but it might be a little bit different because we're essentially going to read stories, awesome stories, that the users from the forums posted in relation to the images. Basically, what we have is uh, a previous one. In fact, a previous episode that I was on, we provided a bunch of album covers and said, go to town, give us some information from this image. But here we've given them a very specific request. We've said, no, 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 we want you to be as just brutal as you can and give us these final moments 
of these characters. And so this first one that we're going to be doing here, it's the first chosen idea. It's by uh, DM Rowan. And the, the image, I can't remember the number, but it's basically what looks like Sauron with a big red cape fighting Eowyn on the battlefield. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting. And there's clouds and they're all dark and some of them might be smoke, but then there's some sunlight coming through showing hope. And of course, what says hope? Well, a story about murder and sadness. That's, that's hope to me, mm-hmm. really. And so we're going to read what DM Rowan has written here. This story of hope. Yes. And happiness and just glee. And by the end of it, your heart will be full of joy. Their swords rang out loudly in the smoky battlefield. For a war zone, it was eerily quiet, save for the repeated clash of metal on metal. Around the paladin, fallen and bloodied on the ground, lay her comrades. Before her stood Dorzerul, the shadow knight of Nerul. Behind him, the smaller sun shone starkly through the clouds, creating a glare through the tears streaming heavily down her cheeks. Her weak and weary arms barely managed to fend off his blows, parrying endlessly. Give up, he boomed, his voice sending shivers through her. You're tiring. I will slay you soon. I can't give up, she said bravely, her throat tight. Someone has to stop you. Then I am not responsible for your death. He swung again, beating her helmet from her head and pushing her to one knee. Dazed, the warrior barely had time to deflect the next blow. Quickly, she jumped to her feet and swung to the side. As he moved to block her, her legs struck out, knocking him onto his back. She leaped forward, raising her sword above her head. Then she froze. I... I can't kill you! She sobbed, blade slowly lowering. You're weak, Moira. He hissed. He kicked her legs out from under her as she fell roughly, her sword skidding across the blood-soaked ground. He rose to his feet, and she lay there, sobbing softly. He loomed above her, placing a foot on her chest and gripping his sword in both hands to run her through. Moira closed her eyes, tilted her face up to the suns. Pelor, forgive me, she prayed silently. I tried, I really tried, but I just can't kill him. It hurts too much. Be still, my child. His voice echoed in her mind. You will never hurt again. A sudden thrust sent the great sword through her heart. Despite the uncomfortably disturbing feeling of having a large piece of metal protruding from her chest, she felt no pain. Breathing heavily, she smiled. Blood pooled in the back of her throat. Peace filled her being. Her body began to glow, becoming a divine golden light. What? Dorzerul attempted to remove his sword but the light wrapped around his leg and swirled up his sword to grasp his wrists. Her body melted away, becoming a swirling golden light that wrapped around his arms and legs, forcing him to his knees and binding his hands to the ground. What have you done? He cried, glaring at her through the slits in his helmet. His eyes were wide and blazing with rage and fear. I can't kill you, she spoke to his mind. But I can't let you bring darkness to this world either. You're imprisoning me? He spat, 
You can't! I'm sorry, Kalok. I will always love you. No! You can't do this! The bodies of the fallen began to glow as well, turning into radiant, thorn-covered vines. They wove together, shooting into the sky to form a huge dome of glowing briars. I will always love you, Kay. The shadowed knight bellowed in rage before the dome hardened into a solid, thorny thicket, closing his dark power off from the world in a reality outside of time. And that's the end. Ta-da. I mean, it. technically it says at the end Morgan, but I'm fairly certain I'm still here. So, <sighs> yeah, pretty, pretty good with that. Oh, here's the twist. Um, Morgan was the bad guy. <laughs> Morgan's been dead this whole time. I love <laughs> it's just it. a really, really complicated computer program. No one tell Morgan. So I thought that was that was a really cool idea because it gave us a lot to play with. You've got this paladin communing with the god, and the god actually talking back, which happens so rarely in D&D games, probably because you don't have that magic button that makes your voice go all echoey that I do. True. And that's like the only reason it doesn't happen. You figure the, the, the character's going <laughs> to die anyways. Might as well give him that one. But yeah, DM Rowan, well done. Yeah, she, yeah. she definitely brought an awesome story and an awesome legend to yeah. the land of Deimbe. And a fantastic twist at the end where it's like, oh, sup, you actually have a different name, Kylo. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes it great is that there's so much left unanswered. I mean, it would Mm. be in a great piece to kick off an entire story like, oh, you like that? Well, here's the book I wrote kind of thing. (laughs) It's called The Briar Dome. Mm -hmm. The the Briar The next one is going to be from Laser Sniper. That is quite a name. Every time I say it, I don't want to say pew pew, but I, which I did now, so is what it is. And the imagery for this one's pretty interesting. So it's like a knight in front of a fire with creepy giant skeletons coming out of the darkness and countless sets of eyes behind the ones you can see. All the skeletons have glowing blue eyes, and then in the black, there is just blue specks of light very reminiscent of death's eyes Mm. uh, from the terry pratchett universe the disc world universe so for this one it's more of a journal entry format so we'll go ahead and give that to you now seven days ago the evernight had consumed the beacon extinguishing the flame that had protected providence from the creatures of darkness Seven days ago, twenty of us, from Paylor's order, set off to relight the beacon. Seven days ago. Six days ago, we marched confidently with symbols blazing brightly into the Evernight. Six days ago, we hadn't a worry in the world as Pelor guided our blades to our enemies' hearts. Six days ago. Five days ago, we felled a beast that was of many men's flesh, burning it with holy fervor. Five days ago. The beast consumed one and made us nineteen. Five days ago. Four days ago, we met the hordes from the Greymouth. They were drawn by the symbols of Pelor. Four days ago, six more fell bravely in battle and made us thirteen. 
Four days ago. Three days ago, we descended into the grave mouth to rekindle the beacon for the people of Providence. Three days ago, eight more fell to prevent the rotten dragons from giving chase, making us five. Three days ago. Two days ago, the light that guided us betrayed us as we were fell upon by hunters of light. Two days ago, four fell, and I covered my light to restore the greater one. Two days ago. One day ago, I made it to the beacon and thrust my muddied symbol down its chute. One day ago, I prayed my disgraced symbol would not fail this mission. One day ago. Tonight, I watched the beacon's light fire back to the surface. Tonight I sit and hear the beasts return. Tonight I rest. That's it. That's the last entry. But he did it. I want to know what happened eight days ago. Like eight <laughs> days ago, we were just, you know, in the tavern thinking like, hey guys, maybe we should go to Evernight. <laughs> feel like that'd be a good idea. Ooh, Providence, am I right? <laughs> eight days ago, my biggest question was, what should I eat for lunch today? <laughs> the answer was avocado and chicken. Yes. I, I love diary entries. I love, I've always loved stories with diary yes. entries. Well, and again, you get to ask those questions of like, what made the beacon go out in the first place? Yep. And you never find out. You don't really, like there are all these different beasts, but mm -hmm. they don't seem to be actively doing anything near the beacon. Yeah, it's just trying to get there in the first place. Okay, so this is number three. This is by some fellow um, whose name, it says here, I'm not allowed to say it, but it rhymes with Moat Johnniac. Yeah. Jontiac? I feel like there's meant to be a T there, right? Close no, enough. I've just been mispronouncing it this whole time. <laughs> so, number three. Do you want to describe the image that you that you, uh, that this person <clears throat> chose? Yes. It looks a lot like medieval Batman is... <laughs> it does! Oh, I didn't notice the weird pointy ear bits. Yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like Batman. Yeah, so it looks kind of like a medieval Batman. And there's a citadel off in the distance, and or castle, however you want to say it, with many enemies in between, both uh -huh. on land and in the air. There's Batman versus the Hotel California. Yes. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. It's like that episode of Star Trek. Go on. <laughs> oh, you mean the one with Niles playing Moriarty? Or am I thinking of a different one? Yeah, no, I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah, there's one where they're stuck in a casino and they try and get out, but they can't. That, that sounds like Star Trek. Yep. Renfred the Protector's final pursuit is a tale of a harrowing journey across Dayime Bay that ended at the Citadel. After the princess was stolen, it was Renfred who was tasked with getting her back to the king. At no point was this thought to be a two-way trip. Renfred was given a glyph to place on the princess that would teleport her back to the throne room in an instant. The now queen has thought over the story of her savior time and time again, but the last moments of his life are the ones she will never forget. She had been hearing a commotion for many minutes now. First, starting outside, where she could see a man possessed, cutting a bloody swath through anything that moved to oppose his progress. 
Slowly but surely, it drew closer to where she was being held until the fighting was practically on top of her room. It was. They were fighting directly above her, and before she knew it, they came crashing through the ceiling. In the crumbled mess was Renfred, or at least most of him, as well as three other motionless forms. Renfred motioned for her to come to his side and remove his helmet. Hidden inside was the glyph needed to save her, and with a quickness that surprised her, Renfred took the glyph, slapped it onto her arm, and began chanting. As she shimmered away, she heard him say, Give it to one who is worthy. As she heard this, she realized she was in the throne room of her country once again. She looked down to see the helmet still in her hands. Poor Renfred. Ugh. He's not had a good run of things, has he? No. Yeah, but he knew what he was getting into. And he was <laughs> successful. So. And he's like, man, my coolest looking item. Please give yeah. it to someone else. Take my Batman helm. <laughs> well, this is the thing is that everyone so far in all these stories that we've uh, picked out, they kind of, they know what they're getting into. They know, oh, this is a one way trip. Or, hey, there are 20 of us, let's go do a thing. And by the last couple of days, it's like, well, I'm a try, but who even knows? Yeah, I feel like that guy had, that, that guy there, he he was going into it and thinking, oh, we might get the beacon, it'll be fine. Ooh, it did go south <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly, though. Day eight. We might get the beacon, it could be fine. <laughs> Day seven. Oh, whoops. Alrighty. Chosen idea number four. Is it really a chosen idea? It's done per our usual some heavy lifting on the spot. Although I have to admit we did a little bit of a pre-workout on this one because it's a story and as hilariously awful as it would probably be for Morgan and I to make you a story on the spot, <laughs> we decided against it. Well, I mean, look, to be perfectly honest, we almost did because the story was made on the spot. It then just got a little bit of a brush up where a certain someone removed most of the insanity that a certain other someone whose name is Morgan might have put in there. Touche. Yep. Uh, you did the heavy lifting. I just corrected your form. That's all you did. that happened. Which means, of course, that I have not read this since it was written. So <laughs> some <laughs> very strange and interesting things may soon occur. But the image that was chosen, and we chose this one, it was one that just seemed really interesting to both of us, was number 11 on the DMnastics 38 Final Countdown forum page at dungeonmastersblock.freeforums.net. And it was number 11, and it's a black and white image. There's a fellow sort of dressed like a Roman legionnaire. He's got a giant spear. He's got a shield there or some weird bulge in his left hand that I assumed was a shield. And he's standing in this old crumbling ruin of a building with lots of vines growing on columns and in front of him there is a beast that is mostly teeth and spines and maybe some weird mouthy grabby bits kind of like a morton bay bug yeah i'd say that's accurate and on top of it is sitting a shadow wrapped in rags holding a big knife and so the story goes. As last stands go, it wasn't bad, he thought. Although there comes a point when you have to ask yourself, is there such a thing as too many teeth? Glaring up at the creature facing him, 
through strands of hair matted with his own blood and the blood of his companions, Omdar the Scarred had to agree with himself. Sometimes there was such a thing as too many teeth. After a point, it stops making sense. Although perhaps that was the blood loss talking. For instance, there's no sense in this. If he'd been even halfway sane, he'd have ran long ago, like the rest of his kin. He certainly wouldn't be standing here, left calf trembling as the remaining muscles spasmed in the ruins of his homeland. What fools they had been to think it could be retaken. The whole land? And here he was, the last of his heroic invading army, unable to take back this border city, this Kaliamar. Is it invading if you're taking it back? Like, it's not stealing if it was yours to begin with and it got stolen, right? I mean, there should be a different word for that, like revading or retaking, you know, in the name of our fathers, retaking back in the name of our fathers. Focus! He shook his head, drops of blood flying from the few hairs not plastered by sweat and blood to his body. He's distinctly lacking an armor body. Although, what use was armor when facing this thing? The lower part of his chainmail was still intact, for the most part, and he had his trusty shield. Plus, he still gripped that spear he'd borrowed from a stone statue of a guy with a constipated-looking face. <laughs> he chuckled. So did Mr. Shadow Rags up there, sitting on top of the tooth and claw thing, with all its spines and sinew. I'm distracted again, he thought. I'd blame the blood loss if I were you, he answered. Well, you are me, so good enough, he answered them both. He stopped making noise and shifted his feet ever so slightly, rolled his shield arm forward, and locked eyes on the creatures, well, where he'd imagine a throat would be for a human, which in this case was in the middle of the mouth. Better see the whole of the creature to spot the subtle shift of limbs and claw that would broadcast an attack. He'd made a promise. It didn't matter to who at this point. Merely that it had been made. They needed time. Time to escape. To get the word back so next time they would be prepared Next time. His death would probably not buy that time, but he'd make his few seconds count. Yes. Okay, so listeners, gentle, gentle listeners, chainmail. Really? Chainmail. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just got rid of the lower part of his lorica. No, there's no way that would have worked out. Really? It no. looks like the lower part of a lorica. Yeah, but the first dead, yes, and I'm fine with that, but then we, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, Morgan, you've gone too far. I, I looked at that and went, that kind of looks like the lower part of a thing that a Roman would wear. Let's look up the name of that thing. Yeah, I but, researched that. But then other people would have to research it too. Exactly, and then together we would all learn that I was wrong and should have used the full name and not half of the name because Lorica's only half of the name and it was a silly pun because he's only wearing half of it. Hashtag Lorica. Uh, hashtag Doug Spiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Doug made you do it, don't tell me he didn't. Doug made you do it. Ah, that one was fun, and I enjoyed putting it together because after having read all these other ones where everyone else has this noble, epic end, and it's the kind of end that songs get sung about, I felt like sometimes these big, heroic, noble ends 
are actually a lot smaller in scope. And maybe it was the black and whiteness of the the image talking to me, just bringing all of that down. But I felt like giving him this character, this moment that for him was big. He was completely spent at the end of his rope and yet still chose to fight. To give him that where there were no witnesses and he knew that he would not win the day, but he might just count a little bit. And he was cool with that. That just, it felt like a fun idea to play with. This idea that sometimes these big dramatic epic deaths don't need to be big and dramatic for anyone except you. And I was also toying with the idea that if he is at that point, then he's lost a lot of blood. He's, you know, emotionally and spiritually broken. He's done. He is exhausted. And with the blood loss and the exhaustion and probably sunstroke, sometimes you go a bit loopy. Oh, yeah. A little bit off. I mean, it is his final moments. So, I mean, you have to, I mean, who's to say how you view that from what perspective can you approach Mm. the final moments? And I also like the idea that, you know, generals and people of lore and people that know such things would know the names of these creatures and know the names of the enemy that they're fighting. And this guy just being one of the soldiers probably doesn't know the name of the enemy. And around the campfire late at night, was probably just toying with some nicknames with his mates. And they're like, oh, Mr. Giggle Rags or whatever his name was. Yeah, Mr. Shadow Rags. And, you know, just coming up with these silly little names for the bad guys they're facing in order to sort of demean them somewhat. Yeah, I I enjoyed putting it together. Yes. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what we do here, we would love if you would consider leaving us a rating and review. It really, really helps folks find the show, uh, get to know what we're about, and just draws a new audience in general. And as always, if you liked what you heard, if you have a momentous way that you had a character have their final moments, the final countdown, if you will, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And of course... You can head over to Twitter where you can follow me at Jotmoniac, Jack of All Trades, Master of None, IAC, or Celeste at C. Conowich, and of course at DMnastics on Twitter or Instagram uh, or our MySpace page. I'm lying. And Whoa. <laughs> uh, did I log into my own MySpace page recently and does it still exist? Do, oh, no. <laughs> does it have pictures of me uh, from when I was in college? All of the answers are yes. Oh, God. I need to know. (laughs) And of course, if you go to, if you want anything else on our network, you can go to blockbodypodcastnetwork.com. And thank you, as always, to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com. With that, we will turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listeners, to join the forum, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and to take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. And to do that, you head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?